Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison looking back at a action-packed day at Old Trafford. 13 wickets falling. Um, Zach Crawley still there at stumps and plenty to look back on here on the following on podcast. Well, if you're listening, you no doubt know by now it was South Africa who won the toss, decided to bat as they were always going to do because they did pick two spinners. One change for them, Harmer coming in for uh, uh, Janssen. England, of course, announced their team yesterday. Robinson coming in for Matt Potts. Uh, South Africa's batting never got going um, with uh, regular wickets throughout. Irvi, the first to go for just three, could have been out on a couple of occasions before that. A uh, little partnership between Elgar and Peterson. Uh, but despite a couple of lives, Elgar caught from a no ball. Only Robinson taking the new ball, by the way, with Jimmy Anderson. Um, he went uh, shortly afterwards. Three wickets falling in the first hour, five in the first session. Markram, really poor shot. Uh, ben Stokes, shades of both of them, really. Short, long hop that was miscued. Um, and uh, he went for 14. Van der Dessen, very unfortunate to be given LBW. But uh, at lunch on day one, South Africa in tatters, 77 for five. And uh, it was more of the same after lunch. Two wickets and two balls from Jimmy Anderson. Harmer and Maharaj, uh, both going LBW. And uh, when Verena went for 21, after being dropped and overturning a court behind, 108 for eight. And it was only a, a little thrash between Nokia and Rabada that got them up to uh, the score that they managed. 151 all out over to you, England, just after tea. And uh, it didn't look particularly easy for England's batters either. Lee's uh, victim to a, a very good ball from Ngidi. He was caught behind for four. Uh, Ollie Pope cleaned up by Norkia uh, for 23. When Joe Root was uh, dismissed, caught uh, at first slip, 
um, from Avia at the fourth attempt. Uh, you thought, here we go. And uh, that uh, saw Dean Elgar bring back both Rabada and Norkia, who bowled in tandem, bowled blisteringly fast. Crawley and Bairstow just about hung on. And when they were seen off, uh, things got a little bit easier. So at the end of day one, England 111 for three. They trailed by 40 and seven wickets in hand. Right, let's get on with the show. Story of the day. So, Harmy, great to see you. Uh, first things first, that spell of fast bowling. Um, I think I heard Quickviz might have listed something. It was the third fastest spell by Nokia on average. Um since records began, I think Dale Stain and Mark Wood were the only two bowlers who've averaged over 90.3 or mm. something silly. And it, it looked fast from here. He, he, uh, he went a bit short on occasion where maybe he didn't need to, although the, it, nearly, it was a follow-up ball, one of those that nearly did for Zach Crawley. But with him at one end, the Jimmy Anderson end, and then Kigiso Rabada at the Brian Statham end, for about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, I'd say that was as as, as good a a spell of fast bowling as I've seen from both those bowlers bowling in tandem as I've seen in years yeah it was good to watch and you watch you watch quick bowling it's it's unbelievable it's like watching you watch Murley you watch Warney you know mystery spin proper proper artists at work it is it gets people on the edge of their seats it's like watching you know the world-class batsman of, of my time of Likes when Lara batted and when Peterson batted and people like that. You came out of the empty bars to watch, you know, blistering pace and you know, Shoaib and Brett Lee during during my time. And I thought Nokia got a little bit too short. I thought he lost his discipline a little bit, but I'm not going to criticize him because I've been in that position many times before. And I talk about Australia and you know the I remember at Headingley in in 2009 when we got we got rolled over by lunchtime. You come out as a fast bowler, you go, well, I've got one spell, possibly two spells for us to stay in the game as a quick bowler. I've got to get wickets quickly. And sometimes it doesn't matter how many runs it costs because if I don't get the bulk of my run uh, wickets in that first 10 overs, two spells of five, then we're not winning the game anyway. So runs are a little bit irrelevant. We have to take wickets. And I thought the way they came out, were all guns blazing, the fire was excellent. I thought, Zach Crawley batted nicely. I thought he, he watched the ball well. And we are we are going to have, if Zach goes on and gets a boatload of runs here, and I'm talking about a boatload of runs, 70 is a boatload of runs for Zach at this moment in time. But that's a match-winning score. And that will do him a huge amount of confidence. And there will be people out there. There'll be a lot of former England opening batsmen who go, well, I would have gotten that if I'd been given the chance. And you know, that many chances. But I think it, that's, that's not Zach's fault. He's got that many chances. England see something in him that they feel as though he can win cricket matches at the top of the order. We've seen a little different side to him, which was good. The mindset was excellent. Um, and hopefully if he comes out tomorrow morning and gets over that new sort of new ball spell, a new you know, freshness of the bowler spell, then he could go on and get a match with an innings. And that would obviously do him the world of good. But for me, look, I thought I thought wrong decision at the toss. I really did. On everything South Africa did, um, they picked the wrong team. They chose to do the wrong thing in in, uh, in obviously batting first. The lights were the lights were on. There was a, a low cloud, and you're going. Can you imagine? I'm sure Rabada and Nakidi would then uh, Rabada and Nakidi um, okay. and Nokia would have been standing there at sort of six o'clock going. 
Well, if just if we had if we had bowled this morning, things might have been a whole lot different. But look, we know. Let's not hide the fact why Harmer played for for Marco Janssen. There is obviously the, the coach system in in South Africa and and the, how they are their their sides are selected. I think the easy easy selection was Harmer for Nagiri if. It, that was the the right thing to play two spinners, and we've seen there is been there has been turned today in the first day of the Test match. So Harmer playing, I've got no problem with. But the overhead conditions, you win the toss for me there. You either had to play four seamers, um, or you you had to fiddle around with your your batting unit because I think you needed the extra seamer in your side because it was doing a bit this morning, and you bowled first. Well, that was it. They were always going to bowl first. Ah, sorry, they were always going to bat first. Uh, as soon as they uh, picked two spinners, weren't they? And it was interesting that Harmer got one over the last one before uh, Stumps. Uh, so, yeah, look. He got South- it to turn, though. He got it to turn. He got it to turn. There was two balls of Zach Crawley that he left that turned. So, it's not the wrong decision in playing Simon Harmer because the ball is going to turn. It's just, unfortunately, you would have liked the left-arm seam option of Marco Janssen, the skill sets he's got. And just that little bit more depth in batting. We've seen at Lords. The guy can bat. He got 48 batting at number six. And he's not playing for for a reason which I think a lot of people in, around the world have scratched their heads at. But this has been South African cricket since they've come back. So and we probably knew this was going to happen if they played two spinners, that they were going to make a decision which was probably, for the outside world, wasn't going to make sense. But unfortunately... Yeah, in South Africa, that's the way they, they select their selection policy is, and that's the way they've gone. Yeah, I, and I can't really criticise. It's a hugely complex situation that they've got over mm. there. And at the end of the day, Ngidi's played 15 test matches. He's got a strike rate of 43. He's averaging 20. And he also mm. dismissed Alex Lees with an absolute beauty. So, um, you know, it's not like... Uh, and also, look, they still would have been bowled out for 151, probably. You, you just don't know. I mean, maybe Janssen hits 30. Maybe they hit 160, 170, 170. I don't know. Well, we'll never know, will we? But essentially, I think the decision... Um, look, we we you, you saw from that innings that once the ball got to about 40 overs, it, it did get easier to bat. And I suppose Dean Elgar was just hoping that his team could get through till that period, maybe losing two wickets, the problem is, as we know, they've got a very brittle batting order. You know, it's not us. You know, when you look at the, the batters that you used to have to, you know, turn at the top of your mark and come in and run against your Graham Smiths, um, your A.B. De Villiers, uh, you know, your, your Jack Callises, you know, all these uh, terrific, legendary figures, really. And you, you, you scan down that list that South Africa have got and, once you once you get rid of Dean Elgar, there's not a huge amount to come, is there? So um, it didn't. Wasn't uh, John, really... I'm so, sorry, John. I'm laughing. I'm just thinking of the batting units that I played against. I'm thinking Mark Boucher came in at seven, Lance Klusner came in at eight, and Sean Pollock coming at nine. There'd be an argument for them three batting at them three batting at three, four, and five in this side. Yeah, I've, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, it's, it's Richard. It, it, the riches that they had then. Um, they still have with the bowling, but they certainly don't with the batting. And that's been their problem for the last two times they've been to England. Um, Certainly the last few times that England have been South Africa. I mean, England have beaten South Africa in South Africa. England have got a terrific record against South Africa, haven't they? Now, we were both quite confident that England would win this series after losing at Lords. 
because I, and I still maintain if England win the toss at Laws, they win that match. But South Africa have got terrific bowlers. We saw that today. Um, and it's just strange that, you know, I can understand the team selection, but essentially you're making a team selection a month ago. Manners was telling us this, well, maybe not a month, but Manners was yeah. telling this two weeks ago that Harmel was going to play here, you know? Mm-hmm. So this, that decision was made two weeks ago or longer. I think you pitch up here, you realise what the fast bowlers have just done to England at Lords. They only bowl for two days, pretty much. They're fresh. They win here, they win the series, then you can rest one. Um, yeah, I just think maybe being a little bit too a little bit too clever and England capitalised. Also, England had a bit of luck as well. I mean, you know, Ben Stokes didn't even celebrate the dismissal of Markram, so poor a shot it was. I mean, Markram nearly got out to exactly the same way three balls earlier. Oh. You remember how both of them used to come on and bowl some absolute draws, so basically a half tracker outside of stump, and it, someone would edge it straight to third slip or pull it down, you know, square legs throat. And, you know, that, that was just what both of them had about him as well as all the brilliance. And there was a bit about that with those those Stokes dismissals. The dismissal of Van der Dussen, that LBW, I mean, I thought that was... I, I thought Joe Roots was pretty harsh at Lords, but that one took the biscuit. Do you know that... So we reviewed the LBW decision... Do you know how much? Do you know what percentage of the ball hit him in line? No, naught point naught one percent of the ball. God. Well, if it but if it's going your way, it's going your way. And exactly, that's, exactly. That's that you have it. And, and to be fair, I think Ben deserved it because the way he's you know we I critic not critic I didn't criticize him last week. I wasn't criticizing him last week. I was no. I, was, I don't think you were criticizing more, him at all. Well, that you're worried. Yeah, I was worried about his well-being. Um, and even today, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, two of them batsmen get dug in, ball gets about 45, 50 overs old. We're going to see, we've seen some bounces, which just didn't make sense to me again. But I'm an old man, I'm not even going to go dog down that road again. <laughs> we bowled them out for 151. Um, but Ben, he came on again, that, that golden arm that he's got. And that's what I want from Ben Stokes. I don't want him bowling bounces. I want him to come on for three or four overs, bowl a spell to break a partnership up and then come off because, one, his body's still brittle. Two, he's so important for this cricket team mentally um, and you know, from a, a leadership quality point of view. So I think when it comes to the short ball tactic, if I've said it last week and I'm sick of saying it. If you're going to go down that road, you need to pick somebody that can do it. I thought Ollie Robinson was brilliant today. And I think we have to give him credit because we stuck the boot into that kid. Well, I was going to ask about, yeah, I was going to ask about Robinson because, you know, if you look, you scan the scorecard, you see three wickets um, for Broad and Anderson and cheap ones as well. You know, Stokes with his two, Leach bowled nicely. He could have had a couple. He he picked up one. Robinson, 14 overs, going for 48, picking up one wicket, uh, that of a tail end. And you think, okay. But that didn't tell the story, did it? I actually think you could make an argument that he bowled the best of the bunch in that first first hour or so. I, I thought it, from ball one, he, he seemed he seemed absolutely bang on it. Yeah, and I think I mean, that's the look that you get. You know, he's at this minute in time. Ollie Robinson's got former fast bowlers having a go at him. Um, coaches questioning his professionalism, and you've just seen so- Stokes get a decision go his way because everything's going Ben Stokes' way at this minute in time, and everybody's loving Ben Stokes. And Robinson, he gets a wicket with a no ball. If, if he gets that wicket, keeps his his foot somewhere behind the line, he goes and gets four or five wickets. Yeah, big, and a big big wicket as well as Elgar. So, yeah, yeah. It was the huge. key the key wicket really. 
Yeah, and and I, when you when you look at it, and I, I say to young bowlers many many times. Sometimes when you, you your numbers don't always tell the story. If somebody's got a three or a four in a column who you've bowled alongside, you've done your job for them. Jimmy Anderson and Broad, Stuart Broad, are getting three wickets apiece in that in that innings, and largely down to the way Ollie Robinson bowled at one end many times. And you know, I got some stick last week because I referred back to the 2005 group, but that that group of bowlers. It was never about who got the most wickets. It was about, can we bowl these out as as quickly as we possibly can? And can we utilise our skill sets from either end to make at least one of us, at least one of us relevant in the game who was doing well? And I thought Robinson did that. He bowled nicely. He bowled tight. He didn't have a great deal of luck. He got a couple of inside edges down. His pace was up. I would love to have seen him bowl, see how he was 20, 23, 24 overs in and see if his pace is up. At the same, because he was bowling 84, 85 mile an hour. And I think that was all, that's always been a question mark of, of Ollie Robinson in the past. This is a different Ollie Robinson coming in. He's got a, he hasn't got a fresh start, but he's starting again after, off the back of an injury. And I think that, that what we have to react of now is we haven't got to react of what happened in Australia, him getting criticised, everything that's gone before. He looks as though, you know, he possibly has he got his head in the right place, possibly he's a little bit fitter. Um, the one thing that never been in question is his talent. His talent has always been there. So, you know, it was a huge tick in the box for me today for Ollie Robinson. I thought he was excellent. His areas were great. And I thought he created pressure for the other two, you know, the other three, Stokes, Broad and Anderson, to get their wickets. It's just unfortunate. Ollie will bowl, he'll bowl worse than that in in the next sort of four or five test matches that he plays. And he bowled 14 overs, five for, five, for four, 5 for 40, 5 for 35, and he bowled worse. So the numbers, they don't tell every story. But what I think you can say is that since he's come back into the group, the Lions game, and in this first inning so far, I'm enjoying that. His pace is up. He looks a little bit fitter. Um, and he looked, he, he, he just looked, uh, I think he just looked a lot better as a, as a character because there was no... He didn't look as though he was out of breath. He didn't look as though he was battling to get to the crease. I know he only bowled 14 overs, but I thought there was a, a good spring in Ollie's step and he's got to continue that. That's the base run for him. And if he does, England have got England have got another you know, good weapon to have, especially in England. He can play Broad, Anderson and Robinson in England on conditions like we've had at Old Trafford today. Um, who, who comes in after that? You know, God only knows. But so far in this test match, They've stood up and bowled really well and they've got England into a winning position. It would have been the 200th time, I think, Ali Martin tweeted before the uh, start of play, 200th time that Broad and Anderson have taken a new ball. Um, they're, they're stranded on 199. Do you think they'll always <laughs> be stranded on 199? Because there is still that feeling that Broad's not going to be around for long. No, yeah, I, I, possibly, possibly. When I, when I seen the team, I was like, oh no, they're both playing. Uh, because if they, I was thinking if they've got that, that was my initial thought straight away when I seen the team. They're both playing because if they were in for a long test match, I know there's nine days in between. If you're in for a long test match and one of them doesn't play next week, they're a long way away from next summer. And unfortunately, they might not get to the next summer by the end of next summer. I have I've all. Always got in the back of my mind that Stuart might walk off at, at the Oval and say thank you very much. Jimmy might carry on, 
And I thought, Stuart, when I seen the both names in the team, I thought oh, it needs to be a short test match because then potentially one of them needs to be, one of them gets rested, one of them gets left out because of obviously, and it would have been Broad. And I think it would have been Stuart. Now Robinson's fit. So hopefully a shortened test match just prolongs to next week that they're both fully fit. They can both play at the Oval. And if there is a decision to make, because I would not, the one thing I would not like to happen, John, I would not like to have these two, one of these two, or either of these two, not to finish at the Oval. It's they're in their careers, the careers that they've had, the ambassadors they've been for English cricket, the ambassadors have been for British sport. I would like to see them finish at the Oval. And even if it's just for one game next summer, or if it's at the end of this summer, they deserve it for what they've done for this country. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay then, Harmy. What is going to happen on day two, Old Trafford? At one point, it looked like it might be a two-day test. First test could have been a two-day test if it hadn't rained. I think that looks a little bit less likely now. But um, England are in a very, very strong position. And it's, it's difficult to see it. Oh, not difficult, but I mean, essentially South Africa would have to bowl England out for 200, really. So they'd have to take, the last seven wickets have to go for 90. Look, we've seen it happen before, saw it happen last week. But um, after withstanding that spell, Crawley and Bairstow have really got England into a position, especially with the ball that's, what, 28 years old or whatever it is. They've really got England into a position of where they should go on and dominate this test match. Yeah, and I, I can only see England, you know, really ramming home the the advantage against South Africa. I can't see South Africa, even though they got three hundred in that in that test match at Lords. This batting unit, I didn't back this batting unit to get three hundred at any point this summer. Um, whichever whichever order the bat the, the played them in, they were always bowler heavy. Um, and they only got to 300 because England just decided to bowl 75 mile an hour bounces at the tail end, which were never going to frighten anybody and never really going to get anybody out other than, you know, hike the run rate up. 
I think it'll be the same again tomorrow. I think we can get somebody get seventy. That's it. That's all I'm saying in my my team meeting this morning. I'm not asking for a big score. Somebody go and get sixty or seventy, and you win us the game. It's as simple as that. We are we're we're in it to win the game. We're not in it to smash numbers. We're in it to win the game. And all we have to do is score one more run than them. Take the wickets that we need to. At this minute in time, we are four. We are four wins from five test matches. If somebody puts a hand up in this next five and a half hours of cricket, you know, tomorrow, somebody gets 70, we win the test match. And that's all That's all the need. And I, I hope it's Zach. I really do. I really hope it's Zach Crawley. Um, Bairstow looks in ominous form for South Africa. For me, I think England will bat the majority of today, of tomorrow. I think Stokes, he's got a, he's got a story coming out. Very, very soon, this uh, documentary that is coming out, he's been in the headlines all week. And whenever great players are in the headlines, for either good or wrong or bad reasons, they, they tend to they tend to stand up. And I think we might be in for a Stoke special tomorrow. And I think he could be the difference of England winning this Test match in three days. Because if England get more than three fifty, close to four hundred, then England win by an innings. Okay, you heard it here first. Uh, Homie, brilliant stuff. I'll chat to you tomorrow. Join us after day two at Old Trafford on the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 